Hey guys, welcome to 12 Questions! Whoop, 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 whoop! Hello! Everything's on fire! And we're on fire with what? 12 Questions. Hi, 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 hi! I'm here with my co-host, Steve Yates. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey! Dave, could you read us again that beautiful clarity statement? Sure can. Welcome to 12 Questions Podcast. This is a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also viewing guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions Pod has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening. Yay! Dave, I'm very excited uh, about today's guest. How about you? She's a good one. She's a good one. She's a good one. Yes. Looking fabulous. Mm -hmm. Looking fabulous. Sounding wonderful. Looking, I love those pale pink frames. You know, for a audio uh, medium, I'm really taking it all in visually. You were a delight. we always let our guests introduce themselves just in case they want to be incognito. Who are you speaking with today? Uh, you're speaking with Caroline A. The A is short for Anderson. Yay! And awesome. Very awesome. Thank you for agreeing to pod with us. I'm excited. Uh, I know Caroline. Uh, from, uh, you know, being sober and, uh, also she is the best friend of of my girlfriend. Uh, mm, yeah. So I've gotten to know Caroline over the years and I think she is wonderful and, and, and is a solid person in recovery. So I was like, you know what, this would be a knockout guest. And two, I think Anna and Caroline, I think you guys would both, uh, get along. So I'm interested to see y'all. Get to know each other. Yeah, we both wear glasses. That's a huge first step. That, it, that, huge that was first step. It's new for me. When oh, I, yeah? Yeah, the last, like, three years, I started, my eyes started boiling out of my head uh, every <laughs> go, go, time go. I'd look at a screen. Go, go, go. And so uh, my my doctor was like, yeah, you need glasses now. So okay. welcome to old. Wow, <laughs> nice. You got, you got an astigmatism, you got a nearsighted, a farsighted. What do we got going on? Ooh, we've got a slight astigmatism, right. uh, mostly from looking at screens and overuse, probably late night driving as well. So cool, cool, cool. when I'm uh, driving at night, sometimes the signs get a little blurry. Sure. I know what they are because sure. I've seen them all before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're color coded color-coded yeah i live in the area it's not like i'm a danger but if i'm not wearing glasses it can get a little get a little dicey and then when i'm staring at screens i can be like all of a sudden i just have to put an ice pack on my face yeah i read a dermatologist who i casually follow on social media mentioned she was like (laughs) we don't know if blue light is cancerous yet and i was like fuck dare you she's like i always put on sunscreen if i'm going to be looking at a computer for a long time because we don't know if blue light <laughs> no Sun- wow. inside no. sunscreen, sunscreen? oh my god <laughs> oh no well i first off i love a dermatology follow can we talk about it are for you sure? on the reddit skincare addiction uh blog i'm not i well i listen to some beauty podcasts um 
but this is a woman who I found from this really delightful YouTube series that I want to say Allure does. Glamour, one of the one name lady magazines where it's like... (laughs) Uh, the daily health and wellness routine of a insert career you wouldn't think about their daily health and wellness routine. So it's like a vet or a lifeguard or whatever. And uh, she was one of them and, and she's great. So I've stayed afloat with her. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I enjoy as you, you hear that people <laughs> you hear that people listening. I called it. They would get along. <laughs> You did. I, as you can see, I've been having a little bit of, little bit of issues here and there. You know, just a little bit of COVID acne. Why not? Yeah, yeah, but, sure. um, but in general, I'm pretty meticulous with the skincare too. I've, I, I have a lot of layers. Do you find yourself chasing your romantic partner around with lotions and serums? Like, hey, you got to take care of this, you greasy bastard. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, there's times where, because I typically buy his face wash, and then I notice when he's run out of face wash because of the results, not because he says, oh, no, I'm out of face wash. So there's always a day where I'm, like, looking at his forehead, and I'm like, you've stopped, haven't you? And he's like, yeah, I ran out. It's like, okay, use mine and let's get you a new one. You're, you're very kind. You're very <laughs> kind. I, uh, one of the reasons why I was running late today is my um, making a Costco list. You know, these are very mm-hmm. important COVID things. Like mm-hmm. when are you going to Costco, you For know? Sure. And I was like, babe, do you need anything? Yeah. And he tells me he needs Dr. Bronner's soap. And I For was sure. like, babe, I totally get it. But like, not to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> But you have a crazy rash on your arms. Maybe not the same soap that you use to wash your clothes, your asshole, and your teeth. Maybe try. Maybe try some moisture, something for a sensitive skin. And he was like, well, I don't know which one to use. And I was like, Google it. Well, no one has ever, like, written anything about skincare, so it's impossible to know. There's no resources, no magazines, no podcasts. And I've certainly never sent him all of those resources and podcasts before. There's no videos of the boys of BTS going through what their skincare regime is. There's a video of the boys of BTS. We're six six minutes in. I was wondering how long it would take for Caroline to drop some, some BTS. I've been... I've been uh, voluntold to watch the Dynamite video, and I'm not going to lie, it is stuck in my head whether I want it there or not. They're perfect. I have have no no notes for BTS. No notes. They're just doing great. They're doing great. Their fans are doing great, both uh, celebrating themselves, fighting racism. On behalf of the fans, thank you. I mean, just uh, just to, I actually on behalf of the BTS army, yeah. Caroline Anderson. Thanks. Yeah. I actually will have to get your address because <laughs> my roommate has a case of BTS army bracelets that somehow got sent to her, <laughs> and so I'm gonna. I'll see if I can snag you one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Every time I see a now, I'm not a huge BTS fan, and I here I want you to know that in my 20s, all I watched was anime. Chinese action movies, cool. Japanese cinema, and K-dramas. Cool. That's okay. it. I had completely checked out Prestige Television was happening, and I was like, huh, why would I watch uh, Breaking Bad? I yeah. work in a rehab. I live Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch beautiful Korean men mm-hmm. pr- confess their love to awkward, smart, smart women. That's yeah, all I sure. want. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I know that once the BTS is activated in me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no coming back. Yeah. This is a great time to join ARMY. It, like, couldn't be a better time. They're, 
they've had to <laughs> slow their output as a result of COVID. So it's like kind of a gentle time to like hop in and get familiar before it like becomes like full. There's a there's a full moment that happens when you get to army, but now is a really like you okay. can just kind of listen to some records, watch some videos, read watch some, some interviews. Videos. There's, a, there's a lot of pent up BTS energy going oh, on yeah. in that house that they've all been quarantined. <laughs> oh yeah, in. baby. And uh, <laughs> just BTS is going to explode all over as soon as yeah. they're allowed to leave the house. This is true. I think they'll. So I mean, judging by those abs, they can explode all over whoever they want. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they they're a very nice, innocent Korean boys. How dare you? I think I think now is a good time to jump into the recovery portion right. of the podcast right. since since we've dipped into the gutter with those sweet boys. Right. Um, so, Ca- Caroline, yes. we'll ask the first question: What does surrender look like to you? I know it's going to be a hard shift from BTS. Well, whether it's surrender surrender to the BTS army or surrender to the program. What you yeah, got going well, on? I do have an equally stupid answer, a la BTS, which is. Um, <laughs> So I'm a big Halloween girl. I love Halloween. I start preparing for it mid-spring. Every year, me and my husband make like a list of things to do and places to see and options. And um, because of things that aren't my fault, um, I can't do that this year. And I am having to, uh, on a daily basis, experience a daily reprieve, a daily surrender of um, being mad at people for ruining my favorite holiday, Um, being mad at institutions for ruining my favorite holiday, uh, feeling the need to control and manage how I have the best Halloween possible, given what resources there are, given what options, like I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, I should check and see if the drive-ins have updated their movie lists for October, (laughs) you know, just this kind of constant, like it's up to me to save Halloween. (laughs) So that is, uh, my daily surrender right now is just, uh, knowing that if this year I don't do a thing every day for Halloween, that's okay. If I don't dress up for Halloween every day like I have in past Octobers, that's okay. It's not my fault. It's not any individual's fault. I'm not being punished by my higher power. Um, And we'll have Halloween again someday. I love this. I love this. (laughs) Now, I feel feel like the quarantine hasn't affected you up until this point. (laughs) Oh, no. Has everything just has everything just rolled off? Yeah, uh, rolled off your back, yeah, yeah. or is is Halloween the, the the straw? Well, I like started quarantine, like I feel like I had my like press statement ready, which is like you know I have so much to be grateful for, and so many other people have it worse, and I I'm so grateful to have blah blah blah, blah. and so that worked for a minute, and then I went a little crazy this summer, being like all I fucking want is to go on a roller coaster, um, oh. and I can't. <laughs> Do you have a Magic Mountain uh, family pass, like season pass? No, but I obviously, when this is over, will, because it's all I love. Girl, don't even worry about it. I do, (laughs) and I can just add you to mine for like 10 bucks a day. We can have a time. This is perfect, because my husband doesn't like roller coasters, and it's my like dream of my own life is that I ride a roller coaster every single day. That's like when I picture a life beyond my wildest dreams. It's like I wake up, I ride a roller coaster, and then I do my day. 
Oh, that is not not just not just an emotional roller coaster, <laughs> exactly. like an actual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I replaced my emotional roller coasters with. I was like, I'm just gonna buy a season pass. Yeah, go crazy. I can't afford um, Halloween Horror Nights anymore. Yeah, like girl, what yeah. have they done? But I can always aff- uh, I can always afford Not Scary Farm. <laughs> oh, for which sure. Is just the low rent version. <laughs> See Snoopy in a little costume. <laughs> It's so much fun. Yeah. I actually, while you were uh, sharing about your surrender, I thought about a um, a solution I think I'm going to implement because I love spooky season. Yeah. And what I love most about spooky season is how much my friends love spooky season. Yeah. It's when you can really see the most bitter comedians, television <laughs> writers, yeah. you know, industry people just really have a moment of joy for the first time in years. Yeah. So, like... I thought my, my friend, okay, so my friend in the program, she's a full-timer and bef- in her RV, and before they hit the road, they create, like, a paper chain. Remember when you used to okay, do that? Okay, yeah. And they create a paper chain of a task to do every day to get ready for their long-haul trips. Oh. And every day they pull it off. So I was like, what if she made a construction <gasps> paper, orange and black Ooh. paper chain with something to celebrate? Every single day of spooky season. I really love that. Oh, and I could put bats on either side. Great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And now we're cooking with Halloween gas, yes. everybody. I'm just saying. I, I and I was like, well, if that's a good solution for her, that's a good solution for you because you gotta you gotta look for things to celebrate. You know, yeah. you gotta have those moments. Yeah. You know. So I love it. I also thought about it would be very fun to just like throw sanitized fun size candy at children from like 10 feet away sure just like catch it out my second story window yeah (laughs) i love it i love it sorry dave you were right (laughs) we're getting along oh i know when when i'm right when i'm right when i'm right i'm right Um, Dave, Dave is uh, just, he is, he is the best. And I am so grateful to have him in Sorry, my work life. No, I love it. <laughs> Fucking let, just take that. I'm not being sarcastic. I am earnest. Um, goes to college. Um, question. Uh, yes. What has been kind of the most insane moment of your recovery journey, either in, out, whatever? Yeah. So the most insane thing so I'm, uh, I consume pop culture alcoholically in general, not just BTS, but uh, anything. And my uh, uh, forever number one favorite musician in the whole world is Kate Bush. I don't know if you're familiar okay. with her at all. Absolutely. Um, so when I got sober uh, November 2013, uh, and in March 2014, I had three or four months, she announced her first live shows in... 35 years and so it was like like immediately my newcomer brain was like she was waiting for you Caroline congratulations (laughs) you've pleased her and she's giving you this gift and it was like this thing of like all hail Kate Bush I mean there is a picture of her on the back of my 12 and 12 um she's very important for my recovery but it was a thing of like I was 24 years old 23 years old I didn't know how to be a person. I'd never traveled. I didn't have a savings account. I regularly overdrafted. I didn't have a passport. So it was like, I got to spend my first year of recovery preparing for it. The concert was in September. So it was like a couple of months shy of my first year. And it was just this thing of like, what does an adult do when they have a goal? 
I have to learn that real quick uh, because I have the best goal there ever was. Like the thing that my entire life I've been sure was never going to happen for me, which is seeing Kate Bush live. Um, And it was a year of insanity, a year of like, how do I save a hundred (laughs) dollars? Like I truly didn't know how to do that or how do I like buy a flight and then show up to the airport with all the things I need for the flight. And then like, after the flight, they ask, like, why are you in this country? And I didn't know how to answer that question because I'd never done that before. <laughs> and so uh, that was my year of insanity was just preparing for this, like, massive, unbelievable, like, will probably never happen again in my lifetime uh, event that Kate specifically did to thank me for getting sober. I I think so. Did you cry? Oh, not. <laughs> yes, I I went to London for the week because the concert was in London. I went for the week and my night was on Thursday and my uh, trip was Tuesday to Tuesday. So the days prior to the concert, I was so consumed with feelings that I just sat outside the venue all day. I like didn't do any London like things. And then after the concert, I like tried to like go to a museum and I was just like walking around the museum and going like, this is an art, Kate Bush's art. And like, left. I was, like <laughs> sitting in the middle of London. I like didn't get my phone set up for being outside the country. So I didn't have internet. I was just like sitting, waiting for like the trip to be over because how could anything else be good? Girl, did you go. did you go to any London meetings while you were out I there? I did. I went on my very first night, um, and it was great because I was like, "Hey guys, here's the deal. I have nine months, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> do you tip here? How do buses work? What's restaurants? Like every question that I had not prepared yes. for, I was able to just like lay out. Also, they were like, and then thanks for thanks for letting exactly. me share. <laughs> like, Excuse me, I'm Caroline A from. The U.S. of A. Uh, they actually, I walked up and they were like, you're leading tonight, which is like such a, a classic, like traveling mm-hmm. AA story. And then also, I, uh, England money look weird. So as I was like, the seventh tradition was going around, I was like, I don't know if I'm giving a hundred dollars or a cent. I don't know like what to do. And finally, someone was like, like showed me what they were putting in. And I was like, great. Thank you for helping me why your money looks so weird. (laughs) I love that. I was in a meeting in Thailand and I had a similar situation. I walked in, I was just kind of talking to them and they were very, they were like, who are you? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, hi, my name's Anna. I'm from the US. And they were like, how much time do you have? And I was like, I don't know, like, you know, 17 years. And they were like, you're leading all the meetings. And I was like, ah! Yeah. Fuck the traditions, you're the president. I, I, like, I like how Anna's traveling voice is basically just a female boyfriend Stuart voice. Yes. I don't know if anybody caught that. Yes, yes. I also, um, I relate so heavily to the concert thing because, God, I think I had about five, six years and mm-hmm. I wiped out my savings buying tickets to Coachella yeah. so I could see... Portishead. Oh, sure. Who hadn't toured nice. in 15 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I wept. Yeah. It was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> also, Prince was there, but Portishead. Can yeah. we talk about that? <laughs> nice. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Let's let's back up here. Do not do not uh, insult the purple one. No, I am wearing a Dave Chappelle as Prince shirt. No, it was currently. It was fantastic, and let me tell you, it was the beginning of an end of a relationship because that that man who 
Oh. Isn't it always? Isn't it always the beginning <laughs> in, of the end of a relationship? In my life, yes. Um, but he uh, he wanted to leave in the middle of Prince because he had to beat traffic and he had a paper due the next day. And I was like, no. him. but Prince? Fuck him And to he death. was like, and I'm like, Sheila E's doing a drum solo and you want to leave? And he was like, I'm leaving. You're either coming with me or you're not. And you know what? I should have hitchhiked back. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> So the Kate Bush concert was in September. I'd started dating my now husband that July. I had seven months. It was messy. Um, but I told him from How the beginning. How much time did he have? Uh, he's not sober. He's uh, oh. he's he's gifted with other he's problems. He, but he's oh. yeah. He's totally like he has like a beer a year, and it's adorable. Um, oh, mine, mine too. Norm, my current one, Normie. Yeah. Um, I, I was like, oh, look at me. I found myself a Normie, <laughs> and then one day I was like, go to Alan on her, I'll kill you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that happened. That happened within my first year of sobriety to him. Um, and then he did because he's a good little Al-Anon. Um, and then he didn't let me do that to him anymore. Yeah, um, I know. It really fucks up the manipulation oh, game. Yeah. Like, oh, you mean I can't just tell you what to do all the time now? Well, yeah. fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I told Vince when we met, I was like, here's the thing. I have a concert coming up in two months. I can't think about anything else at any point. So if I ever am not listening to you, that's why. And that's going to happen constantly until I go... To London, and then it's it happened, and then I came back, and then we were able to be humans around each other. Nice. Yeah. So after you made your Kate Bush pilgrimage, mm-hmm. uh, did did you did you focus on uh, anything else uh, obsessively afterwards? Like did did it did it affect your recovery, or did it strengthen your recovery to have accomplished the Kate Bush pilgrimage? Oh, it definitely strengthened it because also it was a thing where. When I was at the airport, I was like, meditating. I called my sponsor. I like wrote this whole thing about like how incredible this is and what a gift of sobriety. And I was like looking at my 12 and 12 with Kate on it. And then I got on the flight and I'd never been on an international flight. So I didn't know that wine is free on it. And like immediately when that like free wine announcement was made, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not prepared for this. I went and just sat in the bathroom of the plane for, like, 30 minutes until I felt like they were, like, done with that. Uh, So it was a thing of, like, this really worked, this excitement about this concert, um, but now it has to get bigger. Like, it was totally okay for this, like, arguable human power to be my higher power for a little bit, and now that time, it's time to get bigger. I love okay, that. Okay, so that leads us to the next question. Yeah. How do you make decisions then? <laughs> um, I know. I, <laughs> poorly. Segway king. Segway king. How do I make decisions? Um, well, okay, let's think about some of the decisions I made today. I took a shower this morning, which isn't always a given. Um, vanity led that decision because I knew I was going to be on um, camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes... The six and seven steps tell me that's okay. Um, I took a bunch of pictures of my cat because I'm madly in love with my cat and he makes me very happy. Uh, and I like to share them with my husband while he's at work. Um, and I did that as an act of service, but also because it felt good. Um, I ate a slice of pie for breakfast. Um, I made that decision because pie tastes good. And I often let pleasure 
uh, make decisions for me, even uh, when I know that that can be a, a, a slippery slope for me. But that's what I did this morning. So it entirely depends on um, my spiritual fitness at that very moment mm. uh, and how uh, how much I'm letting the outside world affect me, which right now is like a lot. Like I'm letting the outside world affect me a lot. And that's just the reality of today. <laughs> yeah. I, first off, shout out to a breakfast item with a cup of coffee in the morning. God sure. damn. Yeah. That is just thinking about that. I'm like, uh, like I went through <laughs> the roller coaster with you. I was like, sugar high, very <laughs> excited. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, maybe not. You know, yeah. like the, the, the 2 PM crash yeah. is, is where I had to go through the whole tape. But, um, <laughs> I, I think right now it's just the best we can do is yeah. to just accept that some days we're going to be, Honestly, I woke up, I looked at Twitter today, and I looked at that poll about um, Latinos uh, predominantly sliding towards Trump on Mm -hmm. the first day of Latin American Hispanic History Month, which Uh why we start in the middle. We're very (laughs) That's the most Latino-ass shit in the world. Like, let's start in the middle. Um, so, So I read that, and my eyes again boiled over with rage and I found myself sinking down that hole that's a decision I made I could have I I did make my gratitude list first but I could have prayed I could have meditated I could have done I did pray I did pray but I could have done some other things mm-hmm. before popping open Twitter and experiencing the rage wave yeah. you know like it's it's very uh, I, I think we're all just doing the best we can with what we've got right now totally and this is like kind of preemptively going into the honesty question but like something that I really uh got from Drop the Rock which is one of my favorite pieces of non-program affiliated or approved literature is um just exactly the role self-pity plays for me um and that seeing self-pity as the dishonest uh side of the coin of self-compassion and that often they appear the same way and they sound the same way in my head and their end goal is similar uh but self-compassion says like you're good at writing you should write for an hour and self-pity goes the world's not gonna open up anytime soon there's better more talented people than you why waste your hour writing when you could watch a simpsons that you've watched a million times Mm -hmm. so a lot of my decision making i have to uh really closely go like am I eating this because I'm having compassion for my body or pity for my body am I watching this because I'm having compassion or pity um and seeing where that uh uh that trickster lies in uh discerning the two I love that yeah I have a very similar thing like uh with like video games like I don't I don't really play games during the day Mm -hmm. But at nighttime, I have to let myself know it's okay to play for an hour or two before I go to bed. Yeah. Because in my mind, because I hadn't played video games in like 15 plus years, I remember that like all me and my shithead friends used to do is smoke bongs and play Call of Duty or whatever for eight hours plus. So sometimes when I'm allowing myself to do what like in your something compassionate for my brain cognitive thinking for an hour or two at night 
sometimes my old character flaws and my defects are like, no, 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 what you're doing right now is you're not writing jokes, you're not uh, promoting your business, you're not, you know, you know, uh, promoting the pot. Like, and it has to be okay sometimes where it's like, you know, video games can be self care, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or like, you know, a slice of pie can be self-care it just depends on what the capacity is and the fact that i consider any of those things other than me want yeah (laughs) yeah it it is an improvement yeah well it's it's so like it makes me think about how small my life was and like that it didn't feel like i had a decision it was like i wake up i consume i consume i consume I berate myself for my consumption. I do it again the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, There wasn't gray area. There wasn't thinking behind it. There wasn't intellect. There wasn't talking to others about how they do the same thing. It was just, what can I consume to soothe? And then how can I um, be cruel to myself for what I've just done? Right. Right. right, which helps fuel the the consumption. consumption. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, like I I I was realizing as you as you were sharing that, like I backed myself into accountability in this quarantine. I brought Dave onto this podcast, and if you have Dave in your life, you are one hundred and fifty percent more accountable than you started. <laughs> let me tell you, um, we uh, I signed up for that. Doesn't feel like a compliment. <laughs> it is. It is. That's- Take. Um, (laughs) but the um, no it really is because I'll let myself down five days a week and then feel sad about that Mm -hmm. and then um, I managed to rather than sitting around spending money because I'm bored Mm -hmm. I invested in I had a job interview for like my dream job and Mm -hmm. I didn't get it yeah and that hour I signed up for a writing class the next, like the next, uh, I signed up for the next writing class going down. I started doing martial arts again, which, by the way, is bilateral motion, which is great for your brain. Similar yeah. to video games, like there is, um, there's been a lot of things that I've backed myself into to make sure that I'm not in, not consciously, of course, I would never consciously make these decisions. Right. <laughs> but yeah. it was just like, okay, what's the next indicated thing? Improve your skill set. Mm-hmm. What's the next indicated thing? Do this thing that reduces your anxiety and helps your brain move, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's okay for me. I love a sci-fi book. It's okay for me to read a sci-fi book before I go to bed because it's good for my brain. It's good for my yeah. art. It's good. And and to kind of like recognize the difference, that that feeling difference between pleasure for active addiction or pleasure for betterment and that's right. yeah. yeah yeah i love that that honesty question hello what's been the <laughs> most surprising thing you've learned about yourself so far yeah i mean i gotta tell you it goes really uh, seamlessly from what we were just talking about which is that it took me years and several times through the steps and lots of unexpected twists and turns to see and I might not even at this point be seeing the breadth of it, but seeing the breadth of how damaged my relationship with my body was and how, um, and have that, uh, that space, that willingness, that key of the idea of that there is a version of my life where my relationship with my body is neither agnostic or antagonistic, where it's actually positive. It's actually we're moving on the same pace. We have the same goals. We want the same things. We uh, 
work in tandem. And that's what like the last couple of years of my sobriety have been all about. <laughs> Dave, again, did you just introduce me to my sister from another <laughs> mister? What the fuck? Well, well, she already has a best friend. So, I mean, you can, you can be an alternate uh, best friend. I'm just, I, I, I would be... I, I, I would be remiss to say. <laughs> Pulling uh, Alyssa Edwards on the fifth alternate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but no, there there is a thing where, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, and I hope this isn't being too presumptuous, but, you know, Anna being a martial arts lady mm-hmm. and then uh, Caroline uh, being, a, w- would you describe yourself as a power lifter? Uh, yeah, or I power a... lift, I weight lift, and I do kettlebell training. Yeah. So when you were, okay, so I used to, um, when I was doing, like, getting ready for my my black belt test, my first one, I did, like, lifting, Mm -hmm. uh, lots lots of weight training, lots of running, cardio Mm -hmm. endurance stuff, and um, I walked into my doctor complaining about a uterus problem. They were like, let's x-ray your back and make sure your uterus isn't fucking up your back, and what they Ah. discovered is I have in my sacroiliac joint, I am almost fused at my right side and I have arthritis on both sides. Ouch. So, um, I too, in the last three years have had to reconnect with my body Mm -hmm. in a way, because suddenly I didn't feel safe in my body anymore. And the one thing I had control over was I could, you know, I could lift, you know, twice my body weight. I could, you know, like I could do a bunch of different stuff. I I felt like I had some control. And what I realized is I kind I never did. I was always trying to exert control over a body that is just for me to treat well, not for me to change over and over again. Yeah. Well, so one of the um, examples of a way that I really thought that my body and I were on the same page, but we were totally not, is that I love ballet. I've always loved ballet. I love going to the ballet. I follow a bunch of ballet dancers. And I I danced for a little... It's so good. And I danced for a long time when I was a kid. And I'm not a bad dancer. Mm -hmm. But every so often, I would try to do like like a a booty bar ballet thing. Or like a straight up adult ballet class. And I uh, would just be miserable the whole time because I don't look like a professional ballet dancer. Uh, I don't like the clothes that I would have to wear to do that. I don't feel good about the way my body looks when I'm like coming back down from an échappée. And it was this like, I was going to do this nice thing for my body and then we spent the whole time fighting and then we didn't talk for the week until the next thing. And, And it should have worked. You know, I love ballet. Ballet is the thing I love. So why doesn't it work? Um... And I never thought I was going to enjoy weight. Like, I'm a little gentle girl. I like picnics and auto harps. Like, the idea that I would be, like, interested in, like, bench pressing was never on, like, the idea. But then I did it, and it felt good in my body. And I was like, well, let's do it again and see if it still feels good. And then it continued to feel good. And then I, I got gains. And then I felt good about the gains. And then, like, you know, it became this thing where... Gains, bro. Gains, bro. Gains. Um so I like I I get excited about it I when I am experiencing like a difficulty lately my trainer and I've been working really hard on like pelvic placement during the top of extension which is like super little precision stuff but that feels really good for me now it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like oh my fucking body can't do a squat right it's like oh I'm getting so much better at squats that I have to focus on these little things that are going to make them even better it's like this total celebration that I do with my body for you know however many times a week I can do it depending on COVID um 
And then like the next day I'm sore and I'm psyched about how sore I am. And then yes. I like, look up other weightlifters online and I'm like, oh, I want to do that press. Oh, I want to try that. Oh, I like the way their knees, you know, all of that stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. And then uh, like outside of body, it's also hair, it's skincare. Like we talked mm-hmm. about, uh, I, I have a skin condition that I'm really insecure about. And so grooming in a way that... Um, is not antagonistic to that condition, but is like mm-hmm. accepting and loving and going like, that's okay. It's out of our control. Let's mm-hmm. just be friends. Um, it's like eating in a way that's like, I always do want to disclaim anytime I talk about this, cause I do talk about it a lot that being fat is not a character defect. I'm fat. Nope. I like being fat. I uh, identify with my fatness. I'm proud of my fatness. Uh, for me, like being an acceptance is going like, yeah, this is my frame. This is how I look. Mm-hmm. Um, to be, to dress the way I, I can dress the way I want in the body I am. I can move the way I want in the body I am. I don't have to move in the way other bodies move. I don't have to dress in the way other bodies dress. My body is great. So let's do this body right. Yes. So could somebody uh, needle point that onto a pillow, please? <laughs> it's going to be a big pillow. <laughs> oh, merch. I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. That was one of the first things when I got clean. And I, especially when I started working in treatment, there's a lot of people with eating disorder stuff. Mm-hmm. I've struggled with eating disorder stuff myself. And um, I am, I'm half Latino and mm-hmm. I am half white. And the white side of my family is where most of the food issues really come from. My dad had mm-hmm. his own food issues. My dad was the kind of guy who would sneak out in the middle. His alcoholism would make him sneak out in the middle of the night and eat a pie For in sure. the light of the refrigerator, yeah. you know, and, and live in that shame. And my first, like, connection with my disease was food-based. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember sitting at Thanksgiving and watching my cousins on my mom's side of the family call each other fat Hmm. and I finally said which they're not they (laughs) both need to eat a goddamn bacon sandwich and lie down those girls look sickly yeah and and not to shame in either direction (laughs) but I'm just saying like girl you know like and so I um I I just looked up and I said as the parents began to participate in this and I said you know what this isn't healthy mm-hmm. your body is perfect the way it is you're perfect the way you are I'm perfect the way I am and yeah. I remember that being like I farted on the turkey right you know, like <laughs> yeah. like the the family looked at me like ah but it is such a wait did you did you actually fart on the turkey I wish I had farted on the turkey it would have made <laughs> oh, it okay. taste better I was like they wait a minute Let, wait please don't brush over this they, like they can't did, y- did young and I just walk up to the family turkey and be like, "What?" I fucking wish, man. I that side of the family can't cook. I remember when my pop, my mom passed away. They were like, "You're gonna do Thanksgiving now," and I was like, "No, you can buy it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, "I am not cooking for y'all." <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's such a it's such a beautiful piece of acceptance, and I love that you said that because it's like uh, society has been steering us twenty pounds ago. I was on TV. Mm-hmm. I was, my career was popping off, but I was so sick. My hair started falling out yeah. and I, for the first time this week, saw a picture of myself in that scenario and I looked at it and it's, and it's not from a flattering angle. It's from, it's from the ground up, right? right. Which is not the way. And I looked at it and I said, oh my God, I look so thin. How fucking sickly were you? Mm-hmm. Now I identify that part of my life as my sickest yeah. not 
my most attractive. And I yeah. think that for women in recovery, I, have you ever read Women, Food, and God? No, but sounds like I have to. <laughs> that one blew through my recovery circle and people were like, Ugh. it's like a short book, but it takes like a year to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of dog-eared pages. A lot of dog-eared pages, a lot of fuck this, throw it across the room. But I just, I love that because that is, to quote a woman who sponsored me in the beginning, I haven't met a woman in this program who doesn't have a, 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 pro, a issue, how do I explain it, whose disease doesn't latch onto their relationship with their body. Yeah. And I also do not at all believe that it is uh, uh, a gender-specific True. I think that it is incredibly prevalent in men, and My I bad. think men uh, sometimes have even more shame to fight through yeah. because it's not. Uh, I don't know of any male friends who like talk to their dudes and are like, "Have you thought about like, you know, like eating intuitively?" Like, I don't think that happens. <laughs> Maybe it does. Um, I've I found myself body shaming my boyfriend for a while when COVID started because I was getting I was working out more and he was working out less and I'd be like look babe I'm more buff than you look at me look at how many push-ups I can do you want to have a push-up contest and finally he was like Anna this internalized misogyny is not a good look (laughs) and I was like yeah I mean that's something in my marriage that I I think about a lot because we both have complicated issues with our body with food with family around body and food uh and he we don't enjoy working out in the same ways and a lot of times I enjoy working out the way I enjoy it so much that it's hard for me to imagine that someone else wouldn't Mm -hmm. so and I like personally I'm like well why don't you want to do kettlebell swings it's the most fun thing you could do but it isn't for him uh and he has a back injury that has I wish I could do it yeah yeah. so there's like (laughs) lots of things like that where um you know just recently I bought him a ring fit uh the uh Nintendo game and it was like this is not a passive aggressive, you need to lose weight. This is, I want you to have a hobby that you do with your body. Uh, and then you don't feel bad about your body. Uh, and you like video games. And the, and if you play it once and don't like it, you never have to pick it up again. Uh, this is not me getting you like a diet cookbook and being like, why don't you try? It's me being like, this could be fun. Yeah. Gentlemen here. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Just m- man identifying man here, uh, chiming in on the body issue. Like what I, I had still have body issues that stem from being a fat kid and like being embarrassed of being a fat kid and wearing a t-shirt in the swimming pool fat and getting my nipples cranked on in the hallways at school and being called bitch tits. So that to, I can speak on as far as a, one man's uh, body image issue. It just doesn't manifest the same way I would uh, I would say as a, as maybe the women I've known in my life because I can only speak about that. Mm-hmm. So what what it does do is like like currently right now like I you know I've, I've been doing intermittent fasting and you know and I've liked my self just at any weight but that's where it comes from it comes from being of the generation i'm 34 years old that 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 was the thing like you got ripped on you got fucking tore apart for the things that people could see about you Mm -hmm. you know where it was still fashionable 
you know and then what that makes you do is like it makes it tur- it makes you turn into well i'm not as fat as that person yeah mm. you know and and so it's like you're trying to deflect the the energy and the negativity that makes you feel bad onto someone who you perceive as being like worse than mm-hmm. you you know and, and and that's i mean for me it took a long time to be all right with the way I look, because when I first, when I got sober, like you could look at pictures if I could find them. Um, but like I, w- when I checked into rehab, I was 140 pounds. I was 6'4", 140, 150 pounds. Uh, you could see my ribs through my skin. I was eating mostly alcohol mm-hmm. for my meals. Uh, and then every once in a while, I'd get a burrito. Yeah. You know, so and then when I got sober, I had just started slamming nutrients and food. Mm-hmm you know, that I gained the weight back. But then it got to a point, and I think a lot of it has to do more so with longevity of life for me than it is the way I, uh, I feel about my body. Because, you know, uh, I've talked about it before, but when my dad died at 59, it was less of a weight thing and more of a, I don't want to die at 59, so how can I, you know, health m- myself up in a way that I feel good about my body uh, I will ultimately feel better about it because my en- my end goal, and it's a it's a s- sad thing to be motivated by, but I mean, whatever makes you feel comfortable in your own skin, I think is a good thing, you know. As long as it's not like you said about uh, uh, Vince and the ring fit, right. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I kind of stay out. Like in, in my personal relationships, like I I have dated all different types of women uh, and and size or like body shape has never mattered as much as I believe that w- women think it does no, to yeah. us. Yeah. 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 Men are just happy to be so in sorry, the room. I just had to chime <laughs> in because, you <laughs> no, know, I'm glad just had it's t- so funny. You know, uh, my escalator goes in the opposite direction of yours where I, will like follow like fat models on Instagram mm-hmm. or fat positivity people. And I'll be like, their skin's clearer than mine or like their hair is be- like, you know, uh, yeah, I get it. It's always something, but, yeah. but then again, because I know you're looking at notes. So, uh, cause I could see that you're a meticulous lady. <laughs> how do you, how honest are your, are you with yourself and are you looking at notes or am I, am I just, uh, I'm not looking at notes right now. I already memorized them from this past <laughs> week of looking at them. Um, yeah. So prepared. You know, the, like the, the stuff that I get to take for granted now is that I'm like not cheating on my partner. I'm not lying to my employers. Uh, I'm not, um, putting in rent checks late and lying about why they're late, you know, that kind of stuff is like, I've been relieved of in such a major way that uh, I get to really be grateful for. So now it is, it's that self-pity stuff and it's, it's tracking the moment something starts to make me uncomfortable and the moment that discomfort creates wreckage. That is where I struggle with honesty is, oh, this thing agitates me oh, this thing is really getting on my nerves. I'm thinking about how this thing is getting on my nerves all the time. I'm about to scream at this person for getting on my nerves. Like, I need mm-hmm. uh, I need daily assistance and surrender to find that spot and acknowledge it. Because I don't realize I'm in it. Like, I'm so used to fixating. I'm so used to obsessing that it doesn't feel wrong and it doesn't feel incorrect and it feels 
comfortable. It feels good. It feels good to obsess about something I'm mad about. That's a really, really comfortable place for me to be rather than like to fixate on gratitude or whatever it is. Um, so yes, that is the area where my my goals around honesty are there of how can I label and um, treat issues when they're seedlings and not when they're like trees I have to like chop down and ruin someone's car with. I love that. I love that. That's yeah. right where I'm at. My spot. <laughs> my spot. If, here's my, my weekly disclaimer. If you're in the program and you're bored, work your steps again. Okay. <laughs> That's that'll that'll change you. Yeah. That'll change your tune. And uh, my my sponsor's having me go through a list of fears, and mm-hmm. my therapist is having me go through a list of fears. And as I go through them, I have to identify how I feel about mm-hmm. those feel those fears. And I thought at this point I would know how I felt in yeah. the moment, but it turns out I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just feel funky, and I don't know yeah. why, and I have to investigate that. And I love yeah. that. A lot of that fear for me comes, or those feelings come from fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So what's your experience with fear and anxiety? I have a lot of experience with fear and anxiety. Um, I started having panic attacks pretty young, like middle school, usually around social anxiety. Same. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, anxiety was uh, debilitating for me for a long time. I've been on SSRIs before. I'm not currently on them, but that's not because I think you can't be sober and be on SSRIs, which I know some people like to say. Um, I'm just, uh, my sponsor knows it's on the table and my doctor knows it's on the table of like, I'm open to it. If either of you ever think it's the good idea, I'll pull the trigger. I don't think I need them right now. Um, I... Drinking actually, like, really relieved a lot of my panic and anxiety, uh, or so I Hell thought. Yeah. It just, like, shifted it and made it different and just right. made my life so small that I, like, didn't have anything to be anxious about. Mm-hmm. Um, it just numbed me out of it. So then in early sobriety, I was, like, having panic attacks every week. I was, like, after meetings, uh, at work, any time <laughs> anything could cause a panic attack. Um now, like almost seven years later from that, I have some low-key anxiety about the world today that I think is pretty justified, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I create wreckage around it. Um, once I start doing that, creating wreckage around it, that's when I, you know, will maybe have to do that SSRI thing or another uh, attempt. Um, I I become incapacitated by fear and anxiety. I mm-hmm. I go on the wheel. I like start the thought. The thought gets way bigger than I can handle, way faster than I think it can. Uh, and then I like can't get out of bed, and I like can't put on new pants, and I can't eat a meal that isn't um, in a bag. Uh, and uh, and then uh, hopefully eventually I'm able to open my mouth to my partner, to my best friend, to my sponsor and say like, I really need to go brush my teeth, but I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed. And they go, mm-hmm. okay, can you put your feet on the floor? And I do that. And they're like, okay, can you stand up? And then I do that. And then I get there and then I can start having some freedom once I've done something physical. Um, Cause again, me and my body are like working together once more of like, mm-hmm. I don't just turn her off at the beginning of the day and go like, all right, 
today's a brain day. No body today. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes that has to be a body day where it's like, nope, we take a shower, we do the dishes, we take the trash out, we get the mail, we exercise, we fold laundry. It, brain gets to take a break today. Body's going to do it today. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's such a, a big thing for just human beings in general. And it, it's one of the reasons I like this podcast. Because uh, like, we want... We want to hit home for not just people that are in recovery, but like that recovery is for everybody mm-hmm. from these typical things that we all go through. Now, could one argue that the alcoholic and the drug addict experience a lot of these things to uh, a, a, a sharper or a higher degree? You could make that argument. But, but I also think that like, given you know in regards to anxiety over the current state of the world it's like do you create wreckage over the way you feel about it and i i like him that too and maybe i'm missing the mark here but like i have a lot of opinions and i i, I type out a lot of responses <laughs> and and i de- and i delete them yeah <laughs> because it's just like because that's the thing like i i was gifted with with the pen and so I could rip someone to shreds, but why? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- where could that energy be better given to? You know, and and two, it says like as soon as I send that reply, the anxiety comes from: Am I going to have to argue with this person all day? Because the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm not one to like to let the last word just not be mine. Yeah. So. Uh- not to preemptively answer the next question, but <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> what character it. defects? What character defects have you worked on the most? We'll do it. Uh, well, so so the big one that happened my second time through the steps, which was the big like six and seven cracking open, discovering weightlifting year of the steps, was my sponsor had me break down everything I'm judgmental about. And then do like a separate kind of uh, inventory or six step work on everything, not just judgment in general, but about all of the things I choose to be judgmental about. And then at the end of each one, like say whether or not I could give that one up and I could give them all up except for one. Uh, One, I just uh, one was about politics uh, and I made a decision that I am not currently ready and I don't know if I'll be ready. Um, My reasoning being that like um i think it's karl popper is the is the philosopher of it but it's that like uh, tolerating the intolerant of like if i want myself and my home and my community to be a place that's safe for the people i want it to be safe for i have to do some gatekeeping i like can't invite an undocumented friend over and have them fear that my friend the ice agent is going to come in at any point so that um that was like a spot that i was unwilling to do but as a result of doing the work and doing the writing that I did around it, I no longer uh, feel that need to engage with people on their Facebook posts, which I used to very much need. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more comfortable muting and blocking and unfollowing than I used to be. Um, even with people who I generally agree with but have small you know, kind of differences mm-hmm. within the, the political spectrum, just being able to go like, well, you know, that's how I feel and move forward from it. Mm-hmm. Even though I have not um, completely surrendered and been like, I love everyone, no matter if they think gay people are no. real. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I still have been able to have some freedom around, as I've said so many times, creating wreckage around it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it too. It's just like, I do have a line 
where the block and the unfollow uh, happens, you know. Uh, and I have to remember that a lot of the, I guess, friends slash fans I've acquired is because I do a lot of the flyover mm-hmm. states. I've done a lot of the south where, uh, you know, shit's still not good, mm-hmm. uh, you know, w- with uh, in regards to acceptance. And I have to ask myself, is this like, is this a tolerable amount of ha- hatred and, 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 um, um, I guess unwillingness to fucking see what's going on, or is it a? I think this person's just misinformed, and it probably wouldn't take much of their own research to get get to a side where you know mm-hmm. they're not harmful right. to people. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part, is because it does feel like it's so life or death for a lot of marginalized people right now. Yeah. And um, it's like, what what can I do with my energy instead of keystrokes that can benefit? Yeah, you know. I'm not going to tweet J.K. Rowling the answer to her transphobia. No matter how hard I try, I'm not going to come up with the 280 characters that will make her go like, oh, trans humans are valid. <laughs> you know, that's just not going to work. But I can support my trans friends. I can buy trans books. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, by the way, J.K. Rowling... Yo, yeah. I know. Why? It's, it's, I just, I just hope this is some. Ma- I just hope it's some magic trick where she's like, you know, trying to like get some bad publicity to push her books. But it's just, it's so. Every time I'm just like, is it really? And it's like, yeah, uh, I'm. It's really. I'm not a Harry Potter stan, but it hurts my heart to know the betrayal that yeah. the Harry Potter how many Harry people how, yeah are. how many people have yeah. uh, the deathly hollows tattoos on themselves yeah. and then that's another thing it's just like you know you go through the people that have created art that that's impacted you over over the past and it's like how can i separate the art from the person and there, i i believe there comes a point where like i don't throw on a bill cosby record anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's arguably one of the greatest comedians to ever do it but like i don't i don't i don't i have them uh, you know, but I just I don't I don't choose to listen anymore, right. you know, and it's like I maybe this is bad to say, but I I'm glad I got to see him live before I knew how shitty of a person he was. Sure. So I could just enjoy the Ooh. art and, and just be like, all right, that was a thing that I used to enjoy. But now that I know the things that I know, I can't fucking support the shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can uh, take in information and change opinions. It's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. With all this like social pressure and you know the, that part of your your personality kind of in mind, where you're like, no, I take a stand against these things. Mm-hmm. How do you experience forgiveness, both internally, externally? Like, what's your experience of forgiveness? Yeah, I think a lot of times my mantra is, I would not want people to hold on to grudges towards me the way I do other people. Like Mm -hmm. when I uh, think about the people in my life who I've done small slights, mean comments, or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, kind of thought I was making a joke, but it didn't sound like a joke. It was cruel, you know, whatever that is. Um, I'm always so honored when people let me off the hook for that stuff whether or not I explicitly ask to be let off the hook so I try to um give that gift to others and and let them off the hook with the grace with which I have been let off the hook Mm -hmm. so long as I'm not you know 
I also think that if I was, you know, doing irreparable harm to people, I would like someone to to stop me. <laughs> um, or or at, le- or at least be like, hey. hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, maybe yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I liked I like the idea of me being a person. I talk to this with sponsees a lot about me like too. I like the idea of you being <laughs> right? a person as well, Caroline. I, I talk to sponsees about this a lot of like when do you correct the old person who's using an outdated term but isn't necessarily racist but is maybe saying things that we don't say anymore? Kind of that um, navigating mm-hmm. that area. Uh, and I like the idea of me being a person who as I age and grow for someone to be like hey we don't use that term anymore and me to be like got it and not be like i can't keep track of all these terms so in order for me to grow into that woman sometimes i have to let other people i have to give people the benefit of the doubt that they also desire to be on top of things and thoughtful and um you know my mom is someone who has always been pretty um liberal and kind and open and stuff but there's a lot that she has in the past like four years really uh she like joined the center for healing racism and she started going to black lives matters meeting and stuff uh and at first i had a little bit of toot of like yeah you didn't know that like yeah i've been saying that for years but that isn't helpful so you know allowing i was like girl girl just be just be grateful she saw the fucking light right exactly there's a lot there's a lot of people who don't have relationships with their family anymore like that that is a real thing and i mean uh i i have i have empathy but i have no sympathy for a lot of people because it's just like i can empathize right but i've been a person throughout my life that has come to believe throughout getting so that i choose what family is Mm -hmm. and who family is to Mm -hmm. me you know and i don't have a big family but i can forgive people i don't have to forget i can forgive but i also don't have to let that drive the bus yeah Mm -hmm. like that even though i have a tiny family some horrendous shit was done to me as far as just you know relationships with family members go and i've written them out in the four steps and sometimes they keep coming up in four steps, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's okay. And if I gotta if I gotta four step these motherfuckers forever just to be peaceful, I'm gonna do yeah. it. You know, but I also I I have boundaries today because of 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 the program. And and with that said, how do you? Uh, well, here what what is your most surprising amends or apology that you've either either received or had to give or a little bit of both? Yeah, the. The kind of coolest one, I still kind of feel like I'm in the middle of. I feel like it's not over yet. But um, who's a guy who I slept with in early sobriety and who I was not nice to? (laughs) Just like not, you know, I wasn't violent or or evil, but I was just like a uh, kind of a... like a CW character of like kind of manipulative, <laughs> just like kind of a bitch, like just, you know, newly sober, newly sexually active, just like, you know, really pretending like I knew what I was doing and had confidence. And in doing so, it was just like really, really mean to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had had him on lists for a long time, but I take very seriously the, um, the second part of the amends of like, I don't, 
I don't want someone to see my name in their inbox and have like a panic attack because this person who was awful to them is showing up. I believe so fully that my higher power will make it clear when and where amends will happen and that I'm connected enough to my program, to my higher power, to my sponsor that I don't use as that as an excuse to just not make difficult amendses. Um, but he was one where I was like, I, I genuinely thought it would like super bum him out to get an apology from me that ultimately like is like, I'm sorry for being a bitch. You know, there's more specifics, but that's the harm done was that I was mean um, for the three weeks we were hooking up or whatever. So uh, I, I didn't make the amends and just prayed on when it would happen. And then like a couple weeks into this year, into 2020, <laughs> So in order for this story to make sense, I just have to disclaim that I'm heavily involved in the puppet community in Los Angeles. We don't have to get into it, but uh, I'm very much a part of the puppet world. So. Oh my god! And she means she means puppets, marionettes, all yes. all those things. Yeah. But let's let's continue. Let's nope, Anna, <laughs> nope. Let her let her nope. Let her go. So so I started to see him show up in Instagrams and Instagram stories of other puppet people. He was like kind of starting to enter the puppet community uh and it really made me think like i think this is the time because i don't ever want him to be at a puppet event and to see me and to leave or to spend the whole time trying to ignore me or to you know whatever it is um and i kind of i talked to my sponsor about it i had to explain what the puppet community was to her um but i just had this feeling of like it's coming soon but I don't know when and I don't know where, but it's coming. Uh, and this is an instance where I don't think it would do harm. I think it would alleviate pain for him because it would allow him to experience this community that's meant so much to me fully. So uh, on Leap Day this year, on the last Saturday of the of February, I was volunteering at a puppet festival and just like waiting for him to show up and like waiting, like he's going to arrive. What's going to happen? Who's he get like... And then he did. He showed up and I like, I'm texting my sponsor. I'm texting fellows. I'm literally getting on my knees and praying at this huge puppet festival. I'm going up to friends who are not in the program. And I'm like, what do you think? Like, do you know him? Do you, all this stuff. Eventually I just send him an Instagram DM and I'm like, hey, I think I see you here. If you're here and are amenable to it, um, I have some stuff I feel like I need to apologize for. If you would like to not have contact with me, I will also completely understand that. Um, and I sent him the DM and then I just like waited for another couple of hours and just kept checking to see if he'd answer it and he didn't. And then that evening, I get a response where he was like, oh, wow, sorry, I wasn't looking at my Instagram DMs. This is crazy. Um, but you don't have to, like, did the thing that so often happens when we try to make amends where they're like, you're, you're fine. And I'm like, I appreciate that. Um, I also did do bad things to you. And I want you to know that I'm not that person anymore so that you can be a part of this community without fear of me being a bitch to you. Um, and he was like, yes, cool. Let's, we'll obviously see each other again at a puppet event. Let's hang out uh, and talk more. And then the world closed. <laughs> and so there were no more puppet events. But then like a couple weeks into quarantine, he like followed me on Instagram. I followed back. And then like he, we're into all the same stuff. We truly could have been friends this whole time. Uh, he loves drag race. He loves puppets, obviously. Like anime, Degrassi, like whatever the stuff is that we both love. And so we'll like chat. We'll like have little like conversations and they're brief and they're light and polite. Uh, but it's like, it feels so 
good that like this person who for so long I've been like so consumed with how do I be of service to this person I feel like I finally like there's finally some relief there yeah and it's like when you know you know yeah. Yeah. you know what I'm saying and that's you know this second half for those who are not really familiar with the 12, st- uh, 12 steps of, of the amends process is if when to do so would injure them or others and the story you just described is, I, I believe, a if when to do so would injure them or others, that you were in the clear and you did the deal that most people uh, who have successful amends, I mean, as successful as they can be with the things that are out of your controls, you consulted with a bunch of people, not just sober people, but people in general, <laughs> and then you, you decided to reach out. And also, you didn't just be like, oh, cool, I'm in the clear. Like, he, he relieved me of my responsibility because he said, nah, we're good. Yeah. Because I always have that, too, where it's like when someone's like, yeah, we're good. I'm like, no, like, I need I need you to know that, like, I, I if there's anything I can do to make up for this, this is what, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, which is like, you know, it's like anything else in the world. It's like, you know, getting apologies is like foreign because no one likes to admit they're wrong these days yeah. hello 2020 yeah you know i i i have a very uh what you just shared was so what i needed to hear i had a very strange situation where i was um and also uh for the first few years of comedy everybody called me a puppet ass bitch because they were like i look like a muppet <laughs> <laughs> um but my um my ex so I was in a relationship from 30 days to six years. And was I crazy at the end of it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did not get loaded. Probably could have at any moment. I was yeah. fucking batshit crazy at the end of that. And um, I was participating in a ad hoc to address um, sexual harassment and sexually predatory behavior that's occurring in Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. And they suggested my ex as a moderator uh, because he's very educated and very well-spoken and can really get down and dirty with the traditions. And I, without thinking, before I could get into fear, I texted the, the head of the ad hoc and I said, hey, just so you know, you know, he got together with me at five years to 30 days and the girl after me, 12 years to 60 days. I don't, you can make whatever decisions you want, but I figure you just need to have this information. Do I think he should be in the workshop? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I think he should lead a discussion around sexual boundaries? (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) And, and, um, it was interesting because I went through, uh, a cascade of emotions right after that. I talked to Dave. I talked to my my other friends. I I had to I had to just say it out loud to a couple of people because I didn't blowing the dude's anonymity in that situation. I felt was correct, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, I felt I remembered that there was I have made an amends to this person. I've never received an amends from this person. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just felt a lot of emotions. And I think if I were, because we have similar interests, anime, martial arts, like, yeah. you know, we were that couple, that dork yeah. couple. And um, if if he were to make that amends, I would be open to it. I honestly would. Yeah. I don't know if he knows that. 
And I, I just applaud what you did because it's hard. You know, my, I've made amends to exes. Uh, this is the first time in my recovery where, um, a current partner has made amends to me Mm -hmm. and the, the relationship I'm in now. And that was wild. And there was a part of me that wanted to be like, it's cool. It's cool. (laughs) Yeah. But that's not what I experienced. I had to experience some emotions around it. I had to come back and say some things about it. And, and that's all, that's all okay. That's all okay. I just, oh my God, I, I love what you just shared. That was (laughs) perfect. Amazing. Um, How, what is your day to day spiritual life like? Like, what are you doing to maintain right now? Yeah. So this answer will sound very silly, but I promise I'm good at sobriety. Um, I (laughs) love having fun. And for me, like fun is the first way I really experience the promises. (laughs) Joy is a spiritual principle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like everyone's answer to this, like in meetings is always like, I journal for 30 minutes every day and then I meditate for 30 minutes and then I drink an acai, whatever. Um, I absolutely insist on enjoying life. Um, And I... So much of my life before this happened was having fun all the time, going to social events, going to artistic things, going to puppet shows, going to movies, having people over, bringing people over, decorating cookies in my house, watching movies. Like, I just want to have fun all the time um, because it's been a very long time since my alcoholism made the argument convincingly that drugs and alcohol were a solution to feelings of badness or sadness or depression. But somewhat regularly, my alcohol chimes in and is like, things might be more fun if you're loaded. Like, that's still an argument it tries to use. So, so long as I'm having a lot of fun, that argument loses its weight because it's like, it's a risk I'm not willing to take. I'm already having fun. And there's a good chance I would have less fun if I was loaded. So, so much of my spiritual experience is like, how can I fill my apartment with like cute things for my cat that make me happy? How can I like watch things that make me giggle? How can I do activities? We have a swimming pool at my apartment. When the air quality isn't what it is right now, I swim all the time. Um, I buy things that make me happy and then I get rid of things that don't make me happy. I'm a child of a hoarder and that is a big part of how I maintain spiritual uh, solution is having a different relationship with money and purchasing and maintaining my household. Um, But yeah, that's like kind of the major ways planning things for the uh express like uh, a reason of it being enjoyable and then doing those things and then talking about how enjoyable it was and not making recreation like a a second thought or a well i guess you know i guess i'll throw on the tv like how could what show have i always wanted to watch that i can finally watch with this time and who else is watching that show oh this person is posting about watching the sopranos if i watch it at the same time we can text about it you know always looking pleasure seeking because ultimately i'm i will always pleasure seek but if i'm in control of the pleasure seeking i can do so in a way that is of service to myself and others and that higher power. Yeah. If if you have one. Yeah. So that's question 11 yeah. is what is your relationship with your higher power look like? It's in such a shift right now. Um, a lot of what I used to believe and say and regurgitate and repeat and buy into, I just can't right now in terms of like there being a plan and what have you. Um, that's not That's not honest for me right now. 
So I have to go like, here's, here's what it is lately is I have a cat. I'm obsessed with him. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Um, I want to run off to South Korea with him sometimes. And just the two of us live in Seoul. Um, I looked into it. He, they accept pets there. Um, so lately the, the question I've been asking myself is what if something, anything at all feels the way about me that I feel about my cat? And what would I do if that were the case? And how would I behave? And what would I do to show gratitude to that thing? I don't know what that thing looks like. I don't even know that I believe that thing exists. But uh, I'm in the I'm in the space making right now of like, exploring the idea. I'm breaking the story of what if I'm loved the way this cat is loved. Uh, and I, I can't focus on what that thing looks like but I can focus on what the love looks like. I love that. Yeah. And I, 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 I always dig when you can tell that someone's being honest in, in, in the realm of their higher power and when they're just fucking shitting out <laughs> yeah. the same stuff you read on walls yeah, yeah, in yeah. church basements. Yeah. And, you know, like, a, a, after the old man passed away, like, I was literally telling people, like, hey, I don't believe in shit, but dragging my sad ass into this meeting right now. So I need you to not tell me where the fuck you think my dad is. Yeah. Yeah. And the ability to do that in um, as much (laughs) kindness as I could muster, you know, I don't, uh, you know, uh, that is a, a true testament of actually working the steps and living by the principle of the honesty, the open mindedness and the willingness because a lot of times, honesty, open-minding, and willingness is is what I need to make a fucking boundary. Mm-hmm. And to, like, accept what it is I currently feel and believe. You know, and I, and I believe in the group of drunks on any given day because that's the path I've chosen in my own recovery. And I believe in talking to other people in recovery and doing this podcast is, you know, is as much of an act of service as 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 it is a. I like talking into a microphone. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so to bring it home, we're going to ask you the last question on the list. What would you tell someone just like you Ye- right now? Listen, maybe. Yeah, I. It's funny. I have a picture of exactly who that person is because. Uh-oh. I behaved a very specific way on social media uh, in the worst of it. And when I see other people doing it, I'm like, ah, uh, yes, I remember that. Um, <laughs> what I would say... Pepperidge Farm remembers. What I would say is it took me some time into sobriety and some reading of the big book before I actually knew. I was so convinced in the end of my drinking that I I did have a problem that I didn't drink the way other people drink, but that my life was too bad at that point, And that once my life improved, I could stop drinking. And I really held deeply. And I, I believed that so truly for so long. And it took months of sobriety for me to go, oh, it works the other way around. Oh, like my, once I put down the drink, my life will improve that I'm not drinking to keep my life afloat. I'm actually mm-hmm. pushing it down. So that is what I would say is if you are feeling a similar way that your relationship with drugs and alcohol or food or rage or uh, self-harm, which I also have a history of, um, 
or human beings or sex and love or whatever the thing is that feels super unmanageable but feels like you have to hold on to it right now because your life is otherwise too dark give give letting go of it a chance and see if your life improves as a result it might not i don't know um my experience was that it did not immediately or not in the way i expected it to um but it's worth a shot because you're worth a shot i didn't think that was the last key to me getting my life in order was believing that i was worth it um and so you you absolutely are worth it whoever you are Bam, we did it. You're the best. Your candor and your preparedness is is why this episode went as well as it did. Uh, we have said this before, but this is probably the best episode yet. It's very kind. And if we say that every episode, I don't care. Yeah, hang this one in the rafters, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We don't yeah. say it every episode. <laughs> But we've been saying it a lot lately because there are incredible people coming to this pod like yourself, and we're just so excited for this conversation. I am so stoked to get to know you. Yeah. Let's watch Degrassi. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I've never gotten into Degrassi, but I feel like I should. I remember the 80s version of Degrassi. Oh, sure. They used to make us watch that in health class for reasons. Yeah, Um, because it's science. It is science. Yeah, but I do and love, we love science here. I do love all things teen drama because I didn't get to be a teenager, so it yeah. really brings me joy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, Caroline, do you want people to find you on social media? Totally. Or, yeah. Or where would you like them to go? My at uh, everywhere is Caroline E and. Um, I like Instagram because I like posting pictures of my cool ass body. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram or Twitter or. You can try to add me on Facebook, but I probably won't add you. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. I want to swap cat pictures with you. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Dave, where can people find you? You can find me on all social medias at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy. And if uh, you're in the market for a delicious brand of hot sauce, Mm -hmm. I make that, too. At ha ha hot sauce on Instagram, ha ha hot sauce.com. That's H A H A hot sauce.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I had ha ha hot sauce yesterday on a um, mozzarella fried egg and thick cut bacon gluten free sandwich, Bam. and it was superb. I literally was like, you know what this needs? Ha ha hot sauce. I swear to God. Nice. <laughs> so get with it. Uh, you can find me at Anna V is fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on AnnaValenzuela.com for my show dates. I will be releasing an EP. In fact, in the middle of this episode, my sound guy, uh, my sound engineer friend who's been on this pod, Mr. John G, he, uh, he, he uh, uh, got in touch with me about where he's at with that. So I'm really excited. Um, and uh, you can follow this podcast at 12Q pod on all of the things. If you want to email us that is the gmail you can find us 12q pod everywhere 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 please tell your friends tell your mom tell your wives 
We're tell your sponsees. Tell your sponsees. Yeah. Tell your sponsor. You really like spread this around because we want to start a Patreon, but I want to make sure that it's it's you know it's getting to enough people. So guys, just um, spread it around because we want to release. Subscribe, like, rate, review, all, all the things, all the things. Please, please, please. And um, how we end this podcast every time is Caroline. If nobody's told you this today, we love you. Thank you. <laughs> we love you, Caroline. We do. I really do. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> this kawaii-ass bitch, I, okay? I know what I know. <laughs> I, I, pr- I pride myself in introducing strong ladies to each other, both emotionally and physically strong ladies. That's because you are very secure in your masculinity and your and your recovery, and it, it just it shows, and I love that. And Dave, if nobody's told you that, that is a compliment, I'll tell you Thank you.